Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Jitsu Podcast. This is Vince Pakleb, your host. This is the podcast where we talk all things business and all things jujitsu. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, we're live. Want to thank everyone for jumping onto the Biz Jitsu Podcast. Uh, we're here with Damian Tannenbaugh a Carlson Gracie black belt. Uh, excited to be able to spend some time and learn a little bit about Damien's uh, overall background. Uh, currently the COO of BJJ Link, uh, also the owner of Triple be- uh, Triple Crown Combat, and a uh, actor, producer, and stuntman. So a lot to unpack here today. Excited yeah. to spend some time. Uh, Damien, welcome. Um, myself and Archie are excited to be able to dig in. Well, thank you guys for having me. I look forward to the to the chat. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll keep it real, real simple to get started. Um, you know, our common ground here. And one of the things that's really the cornerstone of a lot of what you do in business, as well as your acting career is martial arts. So love to get started with hearing a little bit about your background in martial arts and how, how that got started. So, you know, as a kid, I was a scrawny little guy, I grew up no money. Um, I started wrestling and uh, took uh, some karate classes and started hanging out with a buddy of mine who was doing uh, ninjutsu. And so we started playing around and I got, you know, pretty good at it. You know, I used to like to break bricks and show off. And then I started kickboxing. And then um, I realized, you know, I didn't have money. And, and my, my goal in life was to at least be able to do the things I wanted to do. So I, I went to junior college in, in Hagerstown, Maryland, and started working at Citibank as a phone representative. So uh, any, you know, ideas of, of trying to be a fighter, anything kind of went out the door. I had uh, got married, had three kids and um, kind of, you know, went on with life. And then my son in 2007 said, hey, dad, uh, I wouldn't mind uh, learning martial arts or kickboxing or, or fighting. And so we went to a local uh kickboxing karate place and and we started doing classes together i've I've never been the parent that would you know just drop him off and leave Mm -hmm. i figured you know what if he's gonna do it i'm gonna sit there with him and so we started doing kickboxing together and and doing combos and some of my history came back to me and i was able to move and felt good and there were some guys in the room beside us uh doing jujitsu and so i'm like hey let's let's try that so my son and I started doing jiu-jitsu. That led to us going to a more of a MMA-type uh, training place. And my son started doing Muay Thai. I started doing more jiu-jitsu. And ultimately, the instructor of the jiu-jitsu program there wanted to go create a CrossFit gym. And mm-hmm. so he was looking for an investor. And I you know, talked over with my son. And we decided, all right, we're going to be an investor in a small CrossFit facility and that led to adding striking and adding uh, jujitsu back. And ultimately, we've had some partnership issues along the way. But my son and I and my current partner, Dustin, we, we basically we founded the place in 2010. We grew from Triple Crown CrossFit, a little 1,800 square foot place, to Triple Crown Athletic that now has CrossFit, striking, and a really good Carlson Gracie jujitsu program. And we own a building, uh, about a 12,000 square foot building, and there's some other people renting some of the space. But, uh, you know, it's really come a long way since 2010. And it was all because I wanted to spend time with my son. 
Wow, that's fantastic. How old was your son when, when he started um, his curiosity with martial arts? Eleven. Uh, oh, wow. That's incredible. So that was the start and, of uh, of Triple Crown. Is that right? In 2010, we actually started Triple Crown, Triple Crown CrossFit, and then we grew it into Triple Crown Athletic. And that includes the combat, the jiu-jitsu, and, and the CrossFit side. So, so walk me through that. So uh, Triple Crown is in Kentucky. But you yes. started your uh, path in uh, Maryland. Is that did I hear you correctly? Yeah, yeah. Actually, and in, in, uh, I was uh, grew up in upstate New York, where I kind of started karate, and then moved to Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, Shippensburg area. Went to high school there, and then uh, started uh, uh, doing kickboxing in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, uh, and then ended up moving around a lot more with my real job and ended up here in Northern Kentucky. Wow. That's fantastic. So I want to transition really quick to your, uh, cause on top of all that, you're also an executive for uh, a company. Is it one Inc? Is that correct? Yes. And, yeah. And, so go ahead, please. Back in 1989, I got a job as a phone representative at Citibank, just general customer service. And, you know, like with just like jujitsu, just like anything you start, you're new at something, right? You, 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 you're new at it. You try it. You dip your toes in. Um, well, I took that opportunity to learn everything I could about call center management, about customer experience and about operations efficiency. So I spent 11 years at that company and then had a chance to go off and move to the Philippines with four boxes of things and start a call center from scratch in the Philippines. So I did that in the year 2000, you know, just taking a chance. And that gave me international business experience, more call center, more customer experience understanding. And of course, the knowledge of how to work remotely. Hmm. And so since that time, I've been dealing, doing business in foreign countries around customer experience helping small to mid-sized companies optimize their operations and improve their customer experience. So that's, that's what pays for all my hobbies. <laughs> that's great. So I want to, I want to uh, unpack a couple of things there. Archie's looking, dying to, uh, to ask a couple of questions here. Um, so, so your company sends you to the Philippines, you start, uh, you you leave with a couple of boxes of things and you essentially emulate some of the learnings that you're doing here uh, domestically and scale that internationally. What was that transition like going from domestic operations here into moving into the Philippines? And what was that transition like for you? So I was always somebody who wanted to be a leader and you, you mentioned it, you know, taking the experience that I learned over the last 11 years from all the different mentors and going to a startup company where I could kind of do things my way and, you know, use some of the relationships I had already built to kind of reach out and try to get customers to outsource to me in the Philippines. So it was a really good learning you know, part of my life where I was able to take what I knew and then learn some more and then come out of that even better. And so it, it's kind of an interesting scenario because you look at jujitsu, you look at everything we do in life and everybody starts out brand new 
you know, at the beginning. Right. And, and you just have to take that chance and you have to try it. And so that's what I did. I took the chance, went to the Philippines and, and kind of became a leader in the industry of, of providing customer experience and call center. And then when I came back to the U S I helped other companies increase their operational efficiency just a little different than I did it last time, a little bit better than last time, and with just a little bit more experience than last time. And I've done that now about five times with different companies that have either went public looking to sell or just become overall more effective. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Archie, it looks like you got a couple questions. What do you got? Um, Man, going to the Philippines, I mean, what was lifelike out there was you obviously wanted to come back but was, is there any chance of you going back there and staying out there <laughs> or is... <laughs> um, to be honest um ever since i left I, I built some you know long-term friendships i go back you know for for business multiple times a year over the course of the last 20 years um i've gone back for vacation and and i would love to you know spend two or three months a year there if possible would, would, so, would there be any training out there too? For sure. And, and um, one of the things that I've been fortunate enough because of my job where I have to travel, right? I've been to Costa Rica, Colombia, Bulgaria, Mexico, Canada, you know, Philippines, everywhere I go, I find a gym and, and I, I kind of, I find, I love the small mom and pop fitness centers, high intensity training. I'll get a strength and conditioning class in. And I'll find the what time jujitsu is, and I'll either do a no gi or a gi drop in. And if there's no jujitsu, I'll do yoga for jujitsu. I'll do kickboxing, whatever it is they have to offer. And every single time I step on the mat, I learn something. Doesn't matter where it is in the world. The other thing I try to do is I try to find places where I know like UFC fighters train, and I go and I get my butt kicked there. <laughs> <laughs> It's always fun. Uh, so speaking of, so uh, it, it sounds like you couple, you know, your your work um, with uh, your ability to be able to continue training and learning some, you know, meeting some great training partners and getting some great training in. Um, on your Instagram, you uh, have some pretty legendary uh, experiences, right? Most recently, you spent some time with um, John Danaher and Gordon Ryan at a seminar. There was also some uh, some pictures of you in the Hens of Gracie blue basement. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to us about that. What was that experience most recently with uh, Gordon and uh, Helena and just that whole Danaher crew? Oh, my gosh. So it was great. <laughs> I went to Master Worlds and I got there two days early because BJJ Link had a booth there and I was you know preparing to compete on Friday. And I got the message that said, you know, Danahar, uh, Maragali. Um, Gordon, Ryan, Helena, they were doing a, a, a fundraiser uh, at, at Extreme Couture. So I signed up you know, the second I saw it. I told my wife, I know I promised to take you to dinner, but we're going to have a great lunch. And then I'm going to go train for six hours. And, and it was amazing because, you know, just listening to, to Danahar talk in person about, you know, getting past the elbow and putting pressure on controlling time and space and just, you know, his theory on jujitsu and then showing us, um, this was scheduled to be, you know, a two and a half hour seminar. 
And we were there for six hours because they sat there on the mats after talking, answering questions, taking pictures and, and showing moves. And Gordon Ryan was awesome. He, he was part of it. He was he was walking around helping people. Uh, I have to admit, personally, I tried not to make eye contact because I didn't want to do it wrong in front of him and have him practice on me. <laughs> but um, but no, it's just great to be in a room with with people that experienced. And, and like you said, you know, being in the basement at, at Hemsley Gracie's, it's just it's amazing when you kind of get to train with those folks that are, you know, there every day and, and rolling around and just you, you hear the words, you know. And I know, look, you, you can buy it on YouTube, you, you can buy a video and yeah, you can read books, but man, there's nothing that replaces really stepping on the mat and, you know, being locked up one, one-on-one for six minutes with somebody, you know, live or die in your mind, you know? For sure. Now, I, I have a, a question. This is more of a personal question um, in regards to, you know, what what's fascinating about listening to you speak is there's this yearning desire to continue to learn and grow and apply, you know, learnings and investing that into other things. Right. And I could see that in your career. You talk about it in your business. Uh, Where does that come from? So I don't know. So my mom is a starving artist and I, and I kind of said, I, you know, I want to be normal when I grow up, I wanted a real job. I wanted to make sure I made real money. And so that's where I started, right? And so I, I took the professional path. And the one thing I learned is, you know, the hardest part about business many times is, is getting recognized. And so the people that get recognized are the ones that are always willing to do everything that others aren't. They're the ones who aren't scared to stand up and try something. They're the ones that aren't scared to, to take a chance and suggest an idea. And I think, you know, they say air fills a vacuum, right? Mm. And so... I learned over time, the more things I try, the more advanced I get at those things. And therefore, I want to try them more and more. So I don't mind taking a chance. I don't mind being a new guy. In fact, I love learning new things to package it on top of what I already learned. And then what I'm really focused on now is how do you tie it all together, right? How do I how do I take the facts that I'm a customer experience and operational experts expert you know professional? How do I tie that with being an academy owner and a jujitsu martial artist, you know a a, a real estate investor, mm-hmm. and then tying it all together to say okay what can I do? I love acting, I love filming, so can I use my property to film movies on? Can I? travel and do jujitsu and teach gym owners how to use the right type of software, the right type of tools to better manage their academy. And that's where BJJ link comes in. For sure. For sure. Let's dig into that. So let's dig into that. So uh, BJJ link um, is a academy uh, management software, right? Seems uh, to have a, uh, kind of an all-in full service, and it seems that there's multiple uh, different avenues that this um, uh, service provides. I'd love to hear, you know, a little bit about it. How, what was the origin story, and, and what are some of the goals that you guys are working towards? Yeah, so I went to Master Worlds in 2001, and while I was there, I saw a group of uh, four guys uh, running a, a booth called BJJ Link, 
and they were they showed me their social software, a, an admin for Jitsers all around the world to connect, post videos, post pictures, and find other academies. So as a Jitser, you can go on your social media when you land, you know, it, you, you land in a new location, do a search for an academy, and now you find a Jiu-Jitsu academy near you. You see if there's anybody that you're connected to that trains there, and you can sign, you know, send them a message. Hey, are you, do you have an open mat? Do you have any classes happening? Or you can just look at their schedule. So that's on the, on the Jitser side, right? You move that over and you say, well, what if you're an academy owner? And look, you guys, you know, a lot of academy owners are still using Excel sheets to track their members, right? They're, they use punch cards, you, you know, a lot of paper stuff. So the, the concept led into, well, if you're an academy, you can, one, you can register your academy so people can find you. Two, you could track your attendance. You could post curriculum. You can also elevate your team's game by having direct content like videos directly for your team that they can follow along with your curriculum. And you can even offer one-on-one -on -one private sessions while people are traveling or while you're traveling. So you kind of take the Jitser experience with the academy owner, and then you add the ability for payments to be able to, to be a full all-inclusive ecosystem that enables an academy owner to accept payments one-time recurring online events for content or for membership. And you tie that with the, the platform that connects you with people who love jujitsu, regardless of where they are in their game, right? It could be the new white belt that needs to see more information about white belts and how to, how to stay energized and, and stay on a mat without getting hurt, you know, down to, to your black belts that are looking to perfect the game. You know how to conserve energy, how to do it right. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating, right? I think the the thing that jumps out to me the most, and and I'm sure Archie has some specific questions. We were chatting before this, um, is the LMS or the learning management software, right? That you talk about the ability for students to be able to log in and watch and follow some curriculum. Um, I think that's fantastic. Um, my day job, I'm an executive for a franchise organization or franchise company, um, and that's the way we distribute information across the network, and that's how they're able to disseminate information down to their in-studio teams and uh, just be able to uh, duplicate uh, information. I think that's super fascinating for a academy owner to be able to do that. Um, could you give us some examples of some of the clients that you work on and how they're utilizing that, that LMS? Yeah, so the LMS, when you look at a learning management system and you look at kind of a simple from a jujitsu side of it, what we're really doing is, is flowcharts, mm. right? So you take a flowchart of, you know, here are the things that you should know, you know, let's just say your first week in jujitsu, right? But very little. I mean, there's a few things you should know, you should understand what it is, you know. How to tie your belt. And then you, can, <laughs> you go from there and you say, okay, you know, the white to blue curriculum. And what hmm. we do is we enable the different academies to build their own curriculum, put their own flow charts in, and then track the attendance and track whatever the requirements are that they want to put into their white to blue curriculum. Now, you know, what I'm what I want to do is, you know, get some some really big super academies to upload their curriculum and then cascade it down to all their affiliates. 
Mm. So that's what we're working on right now is getting a, a, you know, call it a super academy and then being able to cascade their curriculum down to all the affiliates. And then, you know, say when, when Carlson Gracie Jr. were to come to my school and I tell them, here are the people I'm promoting from, you know, purple to brown. And I would like him to be able to see the checkboxes that these folks have followed in the flowcharts to prove that they understand what it takes to go from purple to brown. Because in that four-hour seminar that he's on site, he's going to watch him roll. He's going to watch him do some technique. And I want to be able to show proof that, that, that they have that, that standard, you know, that they fall within a specific standard that he has set forth for all his affiliates. So that's the type of thing that we're working on as, as we kind of grow this and we embed payments within the platform so that we can provide kind of the best possible price structure to our customers. And again, you know, it is, it's a platform, right? It's a software as a service. So every single person involved in this are all jujitsu brown belts or above. Uh, we all compete and we listen to the academies who provide, you know, ideas, feedback, and, and that's kind of how the, the work is done. And again, I joined the company, you know, after it had already been started. Um, and then I'm just here to help make sure the customer experience side of it matches what an academy owner needs. And then as a team, we come up with, you know, how we progress the program. That's incredible. I think what's exciting about that is, you know, you have kind of this multi-dimensional experience, right? You are an athlete, you're a a user that travels that would need to have some level of learning management. Um, you have a background in customer experience. Um, you're an executive that could be able to see a little bit more of a strategic view. So, wow, that's a that's a super fascinating um, kind of combination of, of things that you're putting together there. I, I also love the um, the website. It's very simple and how you categorize the admin portion the elevate and connect when i first you know was looking at the website i'm like oh is this more just more that admin part but then you also have the elevate and connect was the admin part the 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 foundation and then the elevate and connect came after or was it all coming together so social which is now called connect came first Mm -hmm. then admin and then elevate just in the last three to five months. I mean, we had people asking, they said, you know, they wanted to be able to monetize essentially their program and not everybody wants to give their content to somebody else to sell. So in our platform or our marketplace, we're allowing the content creator to own the content still and then connect using our product to the people that downloaded, the people that subscribe and set up one-on-ones or events, camps, whatever they want. Man, that's fascinating. Also, um, the the logo. Man, when I first saw it on the website, I thought it was. I thought for sure, yes, it was a belt. But is there a handshake related to it? Maybe I'm seeing it differently. But what where did the logo yes, originated from? Yeah, it's connecting, right? I mean, it, it's yeah. an ecosystem for jujitsu people. So. It's a belt. It's 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 you know the the badass side of jujitsu there, but then it's it's all tied together, right? Yeah, man, that's dope, man. That's cool. Yeah, it's super cool, super cool. So I I think what's fascinating about that. So I'm in um, 
in the fitness franchising space. So uh, membership acquisition, member retention, um, increasing dollar per unit, all of those KPIs that we would be looking at from a fitness standpoint, there's a lot of great correlation in the fitness or, or, or in the uh, academy space as well. Are you finding that um, people are utilizing this offering to be able to have a upgraded membership um, subscription or, or how does that work when it comes to um, how people are pricing uh, this value proposition in, in, in the studio? So Vince, I, I think just like Jim's probably five, 10 years ago, most jujitsu black belts who start a school just love the art of jujitsu, right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't understand really running a business. And so the piece that we have had to educate many people on, and, and I'm not talking about everybody because there, there's a lot of folks that come in and really know business and, and have amazing schools. But a lot of folks are, are still used to um, a punch card or an Excel sheet, and they don't necessarily know that a member hasn't paid yet or they don't track the fact that a member hasn't come for three or four classes in a row that they're used to coming to and so with our program we help kind of spot potential attrition we help you you know keep track of maybe you have a noon class a morning class and a night class and if you're the head instructor you don't know about your 6 a.m class and their attendance so we help you kind of keep just a better pulse on your academy no matter where you are in the world and so we've seen that the, the gyms that are using, using the system to better understand its members, you know, even its birthday reminder, you know, mm-hmm. its anniversary reminder, it's the fact that somebody's, you know, met 60% of the attendance standard, right? You're not going to give somebody a belt because of attendance, but it's going to be one of the things you measure as part of the, you know, you use the term KPIs. There's not a lot of jujitsu schools that use the term KPIs. Sure but they should, right? They, they need to understand the, the classes that people attend. They need to understand their attendance, how they're doing and you know, the number of reps they've done in certain movements. And so this is just one of the tools to help them. And I think that as more people get involved in jiu-jitsu, you'll see more and more schools that are, are tracking those kind of KPIs and they'll be the ones that will succeed long-term assuming they have great coaches, a great atmosphere and, and the team environment. For sure. What's been your biggest challenge with getting this thing off the ground? So it was up and running before I joined. Um, I think the big challenge is this, this is software as a, as a service platform, right? And, and getting uh, martial arts, uh, jujitsu instructors to understand the value prop. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I want to I want to switch gears here really quick, um, and and I want to talk briefly. You had mentioned your real estate investor, um, your current operation. You own some uh, own some commercial real estate. Talk to us about that. So, um, you operate as an executive. You have multiple businesses. Also on the side, you have properties. Talk talk to us about you know what was that starting uh, process like of getting started in real estate? Yeah. So. I, uh, a friend of mine through a friend came to me about, you know, 11 years ago and, and told me about a property that was for sale that, you know, it was a five unit rental property. I looked at it. I looked at the cash flow and it, you know, kind of fairly simple, right? Does, does a rent pay one ninetieth 
of the total cost every month. You know, pretty, some simple math can go into your first uh, rental property. You know, we understood it was five doors, one roof, one driveway, one parking lot. You know, so did some math on it and decided to go for it. Uh, you know, obviously it was cash flow positive. After uh, paying that all, you know, paying down some of the mortgage after two years, went ahead and bought a few more smaller properties. And, you know, I looked at, you know, some neighborhoods that were kind of being rejuvenated, uh, revitalized. And so some areas, you know, every other house kind of being redone. I found some, you know, lower cost properties there, put a new roof on them, some new paint, new kitchen, you know, new flooring, you know, some simple things that, you know, still some money put back into it and then turn around and started renting those. They, they did well. And ultimately now we have, you know, we have 11 of those. I've got, uh, and then we turned around and after our lease was, we had a 10 year lease at, at the gym that we were, where we were. And the opportunity to purchase a place came up last year. So we then turned around and, and took some of the money and I bought the building that we moved the gym into. Yeah, that's exciting. Now, is your portfolio mainly there in Kentucky or do you expand outside of your kind of local market? Yes, it's all in Kentucky. I do have um, I do have one property in Florida that my mother lives in. Nice. Nice. Got to take care of moms for sure. That's right. <laughs> um, th that's awesome. So um, from, uh, I mean, you got multiple projects. So you're a semi-absentee yet very hands-on operator at your uh, athletics facility. Um, you're also the landlord there, landlord to multiple projects. Um, you got BJJ Link. You have your day job. How does someone like you manage your time? What tools do you use to be able to manage your time? Well, Outlook for sure, right? I mean, the cal <laughs> calendar on Outlook and the calendar on, on Gmail. Um I also, I do a lot, you know, after hours. So like even with the acting, a lot of times, you know, because I, I take roles that I know are going to be kind of a single day or a two day event. They're normally kind of a night shoot. So I'll schedule my work travel. Normally, you know, call it Monday through Thursday. Then I'll add a day wherever I am. I'll work from the hotel, whatever I'm doing. And then I'll film that evening. So Work brings me to Atlanta a lot, so I've been able to do a lot of background stuff in Atlanta, kind of it's last minute, you don't have to worry about lines, but it's still experience, right? So it, it's almost like going to college for acting and, and doing that by being an extra on set in multiple films. From there, I was able to you know meet people because of relationship building, and those people then asked me to be part of their independent films, mm. right? And then so... The way I schedule it all is is normally my you know my Friday afternoon night and weekends are for some form of acting, some form of working, obviously at the gym. I try to teach the kickboxing class on Saturday, the jujitsu class on Saturday. And if I'm in town, I'll teach the Monday night jujitsu class. But then we have we have six black belts at our school. And you know, they will teach all the other classes, the morning, the noon, the night classes. And and because they all have different lineage, people know that they can learn different things and come to different classes. And, you know, you, you get to learn from, again, I'm, I cross train. I'm, I'm, I'm a proponent of cross training. I love walking into somewhere different and learning something new. And the way I schedule it all is depending on where I have to go for my real job, 
I'll find a way while I'm there to cross train and I'll find a way to film something. It might even be just helping choreograph a fight scene. You know, it might just be taking a punch in the background of a fight scene. And, you know, more and more now, like today, when, when I'm done with this, this call, I'm going to go help choreograph a fight scene. And the way I've written it out is I get to incorporate some jujitsu. I'm hoping and I get to stab a guy. I'm going to stab <laughs> him in the leg. I'm going to fireman's carry him over. We're going to roll a little bit. I'm going to end up with a rear naked choke on him. And then I believe he's going to take the knife out of his leg and stab me in the eye. Unbelievable. So, that's how it's choreographed. We'll see how it really goes. But to the point of, you know, the schedule side of things is I, I, I'm not going to sit around and watch TV. Um, the thing I don't do, which I should, is I should read more. But I read a lot of kind of little short little articles. And then I actually do. I just I jump in and I do. And then when I find out I like something, I make the time for it. I put it on my schedule and then I prepare for it as well. So whether, you know, if it's my real job and I have to do a presentation, I make it look effortless, but behind the scenes, I practice 30 times. If I'm going to go do a jiu-jitsu competition, I train really hard. So by the time I get there, I'm working really smart. That's awesome. What, what, what time does your day start normally? <laughs> Between 5.30 and 6.30 every morning, my wife and I get up. Most of the time, we go feed the horses throw some food down for the pigs, feed the chickens, relax a little bit with a cup of coffee. And that's when, that's when I'm searching social media, looking at stuff, looking at kind of cool sayings, phrases, whatever it might be. And then I walk in my home office. I do some of my real work. And then during lunch, I'll focus a little bit on the gym. I'll double check the membership check-ins. I'll, I'll double check birthdays see how we're doing from a revenue side, kind of month to date, year to date kind of stuff. And then I go back to my real job. And then the second that ends, either I'm going to the gym to train um, or I'm doing something here. A lot of times, even throughout the day, I got a kettlebell under my desk and I'll just, you know, one arm up and down, you know, or I'll go back, I'll go to my home gym and do five minutes on, on the rower. You know, just every hour try to do, you know, five minutes of rowing or five minutes of some kind of uh, lifting just to stay, you know, physically fit. And then at night, go to the gym, spend some time with the wife. And we're, we're always talking business. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough. She's my dream woman. She helps in so many ways, you know, keeps it all going. <laughs> That's fascinating. Uh, speaking about phrases um, on your Instagram back in February of 2022, bringing it back here, Damien, <laughs> you have this, this quote, I am a COO, an entrepreneur, a grandfather, and a BJJ black belt. In other words, a beginner that never quits. You can too. Yeah. Train hard, work smart. So that was fascinating to me. It, it like connected with me. So I just wanted to know what was your thought process, you know, when you posted that, was that for someone specific, were you thinking about someone? Just tell me a little bit more about that origin of that post. I, I think the beginner that never quit is how I address everything. It, it doesn't matter if I've never done it before. And, and I think that's how, you know, how people should be. So many people are scared, right? 
They need to get in shape before they come try CrossFit. Oh, I'm too fat, too old to do jujitsu. I didn't start jujitsu till I was 35. I got my black belt when I was 50. Wow. I've had a torn Achilles, ACL, MCL, shoulder surgery, stem cell injections. You just, I just keep going little by little, a beginner that never quit. Right? I mean, That's if you awesome. could do that at five or six things in your life, you get great at them. Mm-hmm. And you could do that with seven things, eight things, right? I mean, you can do that with more things. You know, you can't bounce around and be all scattered. Mm-hmm. You have to be focused. But as you are focused at something, you get a little bit better and a little bit better. And eventually you're no longer a beginner. You know? I love it. And again, I think the other piece of that, and I still say it a lot, is is the train hard, work smart. It's kind of to everybody else, it should look effortless. Right. When it's time to do my job, my, my day job, it's not about what I'm doing right then. It's about the preparation I did six months ago or a year ago. And Vince, you said something about, you know, when I went to the Philippines, I took everything I had learned for 11 years and I stepped it up a level and continued learning, but did everything that I had already experienced in my real job, in my work. I've done that five or six times. Almost the same job, just a little bit better, a different place, a little bit more effective. Same with jiu-jitsu, right? That's why I think it's so cool because it's just like life. Jiu-jitsu, you look at it, you're like, oh, I could do that. And then you try it, you're like, oh, I can't do that. And then you do it again, you're like, oh, maybe I can. And you get better and better. Is your son still training? He's not training right now. He started his own business, but a little story about that. So my son was training. He was training to fight. He uh, ended up getting a concussion during wrestling, you know, several of them. He did parlay all of his strength training from the gym that we owned, joined the Marines and was the Ironman in his his class and came out the fittest Marine uh, of his class. And um, ultimately came back. He was running the gym for a while and then started his own business and he's just killing it. That's awesome. And I attribute that to what he learned in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, Damien, so I've got a couple couple questions, just follow-up questions. Uh, First, uh, I want to go back to your acting. So you do quite a bit. um, You know, that's a you even plan your weeks and your work travel and all these things around just getting more and more repetitions and building stronger and stronger relationships in that environment. Where did the start of your acting passion come from? So I have to admit when I was 18 in high school, my, I did, I did one play and I kind of hated the whole artsy scene. I went to New York city and I auditioned for a whole bunch of things didn't get a single thing. I was offered like a dinner theater type type thing as a waiter, right? I didn't get it. Came back home, did my normal summer things, got the job at Citibank, totally forgot about it. Because hmm. I wanted to be, you know, have a real job, be normal. Um, after success in the career and doing the martial arts and everything else, I had somebody who about six, seven years ago, asked me if I wanted to be part of a fight scene in a independent, low-budget film that they were filming here in Kentucky. I said, sure. 
I, I jumped in. I, I helped. I threw some punches, a few kicks. I thought it was fun. And so that was done. The next week, I had a trip scheduled to Atlanta for work. While I was there, I looked up Atlanta acting, Atlanta stunts, Atlanta fighting, and I found a place called ATL Stunts. So I went to their beginner stunt training class, learned how to do some wire work, learned how to throw some punches for camera, and then went back there over the course of years, you know, about two or three times a year just to do more training. I met another stunt choreographer, brought him to my gym, had him teach a stunt camp, a stunt training class. And then through that, I've met more independent filmmakers. So I have a 10 and a half acre property that I live on. You know, it's got horses, it's nice looking, but I have a nice big pole barn. So I put up some black screens, some green screens, some white screens, and I had some somebody come and film. And I said, well, you can film your music video, video here. You can film scenes for a movie here. So now we've shot four movies here, part, part, part of it. We've shot three music videos here. And I just registered my property with the Kentucky uh, Film Commission so that hopefully somebody wants to rent the entire thing out for six or seven weeks and film here. Wow. Right? I'm, if you look kind of at our site, you know, I had the fortune. Tom Hardy came to our gym and trained. He was filming bike riders in the area. Um, and Freddie Poole, who's Sylvester Stallone's stunt double, was in there training. Um, we've had Heath Pettigo and that whole team. So if you do a search for Kentucky and and Daisy Fresh Style, you'll see my gym featured in some of their training, some of the one-on-one -on -one stuff he did with Tom Hardy and stuff. So it's kind of been cool because to the point of, you know, bringing it all full circle now, I'm trying to use my travel to, to get better at everything, including my real job. Um, I take advantage of the fact that Anybody can go to a basic stunt training class and learn. And now I'm using my property and the businesses and the martial arts experience to kind of try to put it all together. Man, that is so cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Um, you had mentioned about, you know, one of the, your approaches or your philosophy when it comes to training is to cross train. And I'm a believer. I'm a believer in that. I think any opportunity you to have to get outside of perspective, there's always tons of value um, in that. Outside of training jiu-jitsu, do you do any other grappling arts, judo, wrestling, catch wrestling, anything uh, to complement your jiu-jitsu? Yeah, when I'm traveling, you know, a lot of times I'll look at the schedule and just see what's going on, and I'll jump into any wrestling class. You know, last time I was in uh, California, I jumped into Uriah Faber's wrestling class. I think I sat out five out of every ten minutes because it was hard <laughs> as heck. Um, you know, but I go in, I'll do some wrestling. I don't do as much judo because that's just hard on a 53 year old's body. Um, mm -hmm. but I will, I'll jump in and do some yoga. I'll jump in and wrestle, um, any kind of high intensity cross, uh, kind of cross training, you know, five minutes on five minute off kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I full believer in, in kind of anything you can do to, to help your body get better. That's awesome. How would you describe your your training style. If somebody was to train with you for the first time, you know, obviously you have the Carlson Gracie lineage, uh, you have a background in striking martial arts, but you also, you know, your evolution has been bits and pieces of all these people and seminars and training sessions and stunt. How, how would you describe your training style? Grinding. 
Right. So uh, I, I, short, quick movements with a lot of holding and just trying to pull somebody into me a lot closer and closer so I can eventually get ahead and arm. I can eventually choke you out, eventually isolate, isolate an arm. So it's pretty slow. You know, in, in a, in a six-minute match, I'm going to spend the first two to three minutes getting control. You know, like they say, position over submission, right? So I will spend as much time as I can uh, getting uh, getting control so that then I can ultimately lock in a, a really tight submission. you have any, any favorite submissions or go-to positions that uh, that you're either specifically working on or you feel that you've been extremely proficient uh, over time? Um, yeah, anything from side control, right? My, my goal is, is typically to get side control, start to pull you towards me or have you turn away and isolate an arm. And, and from there, take mount and then maybe go ahead and arm. Nice. That's awesome. Would you, would you use, use that in choreographing fight scenes, side oh, control? Oh, yes. And choreographing <laughs> fight scenes, so it's kind of funny because it's, it's, you know, a fireman's carry is great, right? Um, and then from there, your neon belly, right? And there's a great pose there where your neon belly, where you're pulling up on the wrist and your knees on the, on the stomach, Right. And then you got to transition from there, maybe to an arm bar or something to full mount. And you can kind of pound them a few times. Right. Where, where you got your striking. And then, you know, when you think about that, you know, depending on if you're supposed to win or lose and that if, if you're supposed to lose, somehow he's got to grab an arm and, and sweep you. Right. So it's kind of cool to be able to incorporate that into uh, into movies. <laughs> That's super cool. <laughs> Um, hey, before before I, you were, I mean, we're forty five minutes in, and time is flying by. This has been such a such a fun conversation. <laughs> um, before we uh, kind of transition, Archie has a series of rapid fire questions. He typically um, he typically fires off. Um, I have a couple questions. Um, one is you mentioned about stem cells, mm-hmm. and um, that was for your shoulder, right? Yes. W- what was that? What was that process like? I mean, there's a lot of uh, more and more people in the jiu-jitsu community and MMA community uh, as a whole um, are utilizing procedures uh, like that to be able to improve, um, you know, injuries. Could you walk us through, you know, how did that research um, start and, and what was that process like? Yeah, so about seven years ago, doing jiu-jitsu, doing, doing one of my fitness routines, Uh, my shoulder started popping out and it got to a point where I needed to sleep with a sweatshirt on so that my arm couldn't go above my head or else it would pop out. So I had surgery and then, um, you know, don't tell the doctor, but I kept doing jujitsu and some of the things that loosen up surgery um, like we all do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And in, in doing that, my shoulder was starting to bother me again. And I was trying to figure out what I could do um, to, to repair it. And I happened to be traveling I was in Costa Rica in um, San Jose, and I was um, work. I went. I went to jujitsu the night before at a place in, in Costa Rica. Uh, I was at the Hero Academy. Uh, I went to one of the camps there for five days, and then mm-hmm. went to San Jose. Mm-hmm. And I was working, and I was pretty darn sore, you know, after five days of jujitsu. And I was walking through the gym, holding a kettlebell up, just kind of walking, trying to just strengthen my shoulder a little bit. And I was really, you know, really tight. 
And this guy walks over and goes, oh, man, how you doing? And he started talking to me. Turns out he was, he's a CEO, CEO of a company that's U.S.-based. And he was there with some of his doctors. And they were uh, doing stem cell on a guy who was getting ready to go into space and on um, some other famous people that were, that were in the building. And he said, Let, come on over to my table for breakfast. Let's talk a little. And he brought me to his clinic, did a, did a sonogram, showed me kind of where some of my tears were. It matched the MRI and, and stuff that my doctor had said I had. And he recommended that I try stem cell instead of another surgery. And I did some more research, found out about the umbilical cord stem cells that they were doing in Costa Rica versus what you could do in the U.S. And I did it. Wow. So when you uh, when that happened, how long is that procedure um, and recovery? Like, what, what exactly would somebody expect that's going through that? So, um, first of all, it's it's way better than a surgery from a recovery side, right? So I went in, uh, you know, had blood work to make sure everything was good. I sent them the uh, MRI that I had from my doctors here. They did their own, and then they did a sonogram while they were doing the injections. So. You're there. It's a, a pretty long needle. Uh, I had a, I personally had 11 injections in different parts of my shoulder, all designed to, you know, basically reconnect, regrow, and then regain the tissue. Um, and in doing so, it was 11 injections. It was a course of an hour sitting there. I stayed for another hour, uh, just kind of relaxing, and then I stayed in the hotel. Uh, for about three days while I was there just to make sure there was no other issues. I came home, keeping my arm fairly still. And then I started moving it day five, six, really lightweight day seven. And by week three, I was up to about 50% of weight. And by the end of six weeks, I was starting to push it. And then it was stronger than ever before by two months in, three months in. And then wow. I went back after six months and had them do some new new sonograms to see where, where it had picked up and where it had not. And they did six other injections at that point in time as kind of maintenance and you know part of kind of their warranty period. And then it's been six months. Actually, uh, it was September that I had the, uh, the, or not September, I'm sorry, it was March when I had the last injections. And I feel great. Now it's my Achilles that hurts, though. I heard that last week. <laughs> my shoulder feels great. <laughs> Does it feel like it's back to that normal range of motion you had before? Or is there still a little bit of limitations you feel? At this? Um, there's still a little bit of limitations. like, And it, it might just be mental in the sense that I won't, I won't extend it without holding a muscle. You know, that feeling like, I probably won't ever shoot a basketball into the air or a wall ball up high because of that feeling on the shoulder. But I have no problem pushing, pulling, handstand push-ups, kettlebell swings, no problem there. I'm a little scared to reach back and put a seatbelt on, but, you know, <laughs> the things that matter, you know, I can do. <laughs> um Cool. I have, I have one other transition question. I know Archie has a couple of um, rapid fire questions. So 
What's really cool about your story, and you had mentioned this and touched on this a couple times, of you just got to try and you just got to start, right? And once you start and you like it, stick with it, get better, build resources, do all those things. Um, for someone that is either in a current uh, career and they're looking to make a jump into entrepreneurship or someone that is you know, currently the operator of a business and looking to expand and grow maybe outside of their portfolio, um, or someone that is just, you know, looking to start a new business, maybe a chiropractic office. Um, what mm. would be some things? What would be some of the fundamental things that you would coach that person on? So, I, I some of your previous podcasts, I see you talk about finding people in jujitsu that have expertise, right? So the things I would do first off, if I'm going to start something, I start small. I talk to people that have experience and you partner with people that you know add value to the overall situation, right? So if you take, you know, all of us to three of us, we're different. We have things in common like jujitsu, right? But I'm not a chiropractor. So if I need a chiropractor, I'm calling Archie, right? Vince, if I need help with uh, franchising, I'm going to call you probably, right? I'm going to call you for staffing needs, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you find people's talent, what, that you meet on the mat or in the gym and then you bring them into your circle and you have discussions about what you want to do. Same thing I'm doing with film, right? I am now bringing in others. I bring in somebody who can teach stunts into my gym, right? I brought in somebody who understands how to build a set into my pole barn to help me build a set. So you don't have to know it all. You have to know enough and you have to have enough passion that you want to start. Then as you get started and you surround yourself with the right people, you start to learn from them. You, you make some mistakes and then you figure out where, where are you going to dive in deeper? You know, what's your, what's your role going to be in this organization? Like, hmm. Lucky enough at Triple Crown Athletic, my business partner is there every day, 12 hours a day. He's teaching CrossFit. He's teaching jujitsu. I come and go. I'm monitoring the books. I'm doing a bunch of the advertising, the marketing. I'm helping bring people in the door, but I count on him to keep them when they're there. I count on him to open the doors every day. You know, so you just got to surround yourself with the right people. I do think you take it slow. I think side gigs are awesome, right? The ability to call it a side gig, the ability to try, not, not just quit your job one day because you, you think you want to be something else. You got to work towards it. Yeah, that's great advice. Awesome. Great advice. Archie, what do you got? Um, I got something. I have a listener question, and she would get mad if I didn't ask this. Not to be specific. My wife wants to ask this. <laughs> um, so, you know, with what you do, how do you not become distracted or how do you mentally prepare yourself when trying to meet multiple deadlines and, you know, your multiple tasks during the day with family and, you know, how do you, how do you manage and tackle all that? Put it on your calendar. Whether you're going to do it or not, put it on your calendar, right? So if I do 80% of the things I put on my calendar, I'm pretty efficient. But if I don't put it on my calendar, I end up doing half. And if I don't even open my calendar up, I end up doing even less than that, right? Because you can bounce around, especially a personality like like mine and like you guys, right? You, you, you like side gigs. So you could get lost in so many different side gigs. 
So I, I put it on my calendar. I say, okay, here's what I'm doing from 8 to 8.30. Here's what I'm doing 8.30 to 9. And if something goes wrong and I have, you know, a code red or a fire I have to deal with or something happens, I'm able to adjust. But at least I get 80% of what I said I was going to do done. Mm-hmm. Do, um, does your wife have access to your calendar? Yes, she does. She she has full control. <laughs> um, like I said, just sometimes she gives me a hard time. She's like, "So why are you why are you doing this film here? Why are you doing this?" And I, you know, it's it's learning. It's just experience, and it might be eighteen dollars in three years. <laughs> Some of the residual checks I get. <laughs> I love it. That's funny. <laughs> um. All right. So uh, a couple of things. So I have uh, a couple kind of closing thoughts. I know Archie has a, a series of rapid fire questions. Uh, Archie, you want to launch the rapid fire questions? Sure. All right, Damon, you ready? I'm ready, sir. Okay. All right. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Ghee or no ghee? Ghee. I'm old. I like to hold. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> The film set or the BJJ mat? The film set on the mat. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I think we already went over this, but your favorite submission? Head and arm choke. Simple. The- you learn it day one, but you can perfect it, and you have to, you're the million ways to get there. I'll definitely watch out for that if we ever happen to be on the mats. <laughs> the Academy Awards or a jiu-jitsu seminar? Jiu-jitsu seminar. <laughs> and if you can roll with any three people in the world, who would they be? Oh, man. It could be anyone. Yeah. Living um, or not living. <laughs> um, so I think, again, so I've, I've had the pleasure of rolling with George St. Pierre. I would love to do it again. Um, I think Damian Maya would be an incredible one to roll with, right? And, you know, that whole scenario. And I think um, like a Faraz Sahabi, I've, I've trained with him before, but I would love to kind of roll with him and just feel his movement. You know, they're probably the three jiu-jitsu MMA guys I, I still respect and, and would love to roll with. Man, I love it. <laughs> before we transition, I can't, I can't go on without asking – what was training or rolling with George St. Pierre like? I tell you, so I used to work in Montreal. So, of course, I took the opportunity to go to a few places. Um, I went to TriStar a lot. I went to BTT a few times, went to the Carlson Gracie there. Um, but I had a buddy of mine who was a good wrestler who trained at my gym. And I brought him up to, to TriStar and he was he got in the to the Jake Shields camp. So he brought me to all the camp training and, you know, I was a purple belt at jujitsu at the time and I was still old, but so I would go and I would go to do a bunch of the no-gi uh, training. And it was great because there was a line of us, right? So Kenny Florian, Nate Marquardt, all these guys were standing in line, ready to take on George in whatever positional sparring for us or Greg Jackson had set up for that day. Right. And so you'd be in line. I was, you know, I was the last one, and, you know, George would be sitting there and so he'd be on his butt and you have to go behind him. You get the seatbelt grip on and you get your, your heels inside the leg and you go. And I, my, my job is just to hold him or fight him long enough till he gets out. And then the next person jumps in. 
Um, the thing I found that was great about him, though, is we would sit on the mat after some of those days of training and he would still be working with everybody on how to improve the grip or how to transition from the rear naked choke to the arm bar. Um, so he was very personable and talking to everybody. So was Kenny Florian, Nate, that whole group of people that trained together that, you know, all some of the best in the world. Right. Um, but would would just lay on the mats at TriStar and just talk and show and do together with anybody that was part of that that group fortunate enough to be able to be in there wow what an incredible life experience <laughs> yeah and it's funny though because you, you you think of some of these people that are you know the best in the world at what they do how much they're willing to share which is just great yeah i'm sure that just you know through osmosis right being around those caliber of people both on the mats also you know in your world uh, off the mats right in the acting scene in the boardroom right just being around that i mean what a what a great experience to be able to learn observe and just absorb some of those things and put that into your own life that's uh that's really cool yeah. it really is you know it's funny because again like when i travel I, I kind of seek out somebody who i know could just kill me and it, it's so much fun because I know it ends after six minutes. So I give it everything I got. And, you know, whether I tap three or four times, I, I was in Ireland and I, you know, I went to SBG there and I, Gunnar Nelson was in there and I'm like, let's go. You know, he tapped me three, four times in like six minutes and I shook his hand, got a great picture. And I just laid there and said, this is freaking awesome. I just got killed by Gunnar Nelson. You know? <laughs> it's like, it's, that's fun, you know? That is super cool, man. That is super cool. Um, so a couple of things. I mean, we're a, a little over an hour. Um, definitely appreciate our, our time together. But before we jump, I, I do want to make sure we get a chance to kind of revisit um, BJJ Link and, you know, just some of the projects that you're working on, particularly BJJ Link. Um, how does somebody that's listening, how do they participate? How do they learn more information? How do they get a hold of you? How does that process start? Yeah, so just go to BJJLink.com. Um, and, you know, send us a message, download the app. Uh, love to hear from any, you know, Academy owner that, that has feedback, has ideas. If they want to help bring it to the next level, we're, we're always up to partnerships and talking. Uh, the other, go to my Instagram, Damien Tannenbaum, D-A-M-I-A-N-T-A-N-E-N-B-A-U-M. Um, follow me. I'll most likely follow back. Send me a message. Um, you know, just talk about things that you're doing that we're doing and we can do stuff together. That's fantastic. And then what's next? What's next for you? I mean, you got a lot going on, a lot of different projects, uh, both in your career, in your businesses, in your real estate. What's next? What are, the, what are the major projects that you're working on right now? So I've got a fight scene today. I know I'm doing a movie in March in L.A. And between now and then, a bunch of little things. Of course, you know, while I continue, hopefully, you know, to just make the gym more successful, Triple Crown Athletics. So if anybody's in or around Cincinnati and the Northern Kentucky side, come visit us. We love to, love to have guests. Speaking of, how, how does somebody uh, find out more about um, the Academy? What, what's the, um, you know, kind of specific? Triple Crown um, Athletic. Yep, Triple Crown Athletic, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Again, you know, contact me and I'll set you up. Uh, come on in for a free trial. Fantastic. Well, listen, it was uh, definitely a pleasure. Um, Archie, before we jump, is there anything um, that we missed? Anything you want to ask? Oh. Oh, thanks, Damien. Appreciate your time. Such an incredible story, man. It's awesome. Yeah, 
huge inspiration. Uh, definitely appreciate your time um, and excited to uh, get this thing published. I mean, there's going to be a lot of great content that, that you shared today that our listenership can uh, can benefit from. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Well, awesome. So uh, before we wrap, I want to give a real brief shout out to our sponsor, Union Staffing Group. Uh, it's a boutique uh, staffing and recruiting firm. We specialize in identifying talent for small to medium-sized businesses. If there's uh, any staffing or recruiting needs, feel free to reach out to uh, staff, uh, Union Staffing at uh, unionstaffinggroup.com. But other than that, Damien, it's been a pleasure. Appreciate you so much. And I look forward to seeing more of your scenes, learning more about BJJ Link, and also hearing about all the success that you're having at uh, Triple Crown Athletics. Thank you so much, guys. See ya. See ya.